Howdy, howdy, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another bed letter. Today I'm going to be reading an article that I wrote on July 9th titled The War of Victory and Wisdom. This article can be found in my Substack newsletter over at bedletter.substack.com. If you're interested in staying up to date on articles that I post, I would highly encourage you to visit that site and subscribe. If you're feeling extra awesome, you can pay 5 bucks a month in your subscription and get access to all the articles as they release in the future as well. Links can be found in the description to this episode. Uh, real quick, just as a side note, you'll probably have noticed that I am kind of have deviated from medium.com and moved towards Substack. Um, that was just kind of a, a gut call decision I've made after doing some additional research and a little bit more uh, research on just who's on Substack and what's going on and what the purpose and platform of Medium is and stuff. And I just feel like uh, Substack is a better platform for what I'm trying to go for and what my goals are. Um, Medium is, is a great place and I would highly encourage people to make use of it if they feel so inclined. But I just feel like Substack is more equipped to... Um, kind of help me get to where I want to go. So, uh, yeah, again, like I said, my website over at Substack is bedletter.substack.com. So be sure to go check that out. All right, into the article. The War of Victory and Wisdom. How the ancient Greeks defined the never-ending battle between being right and being wise. The ancient Greeks pinned down some fundamental human truths that run hot in our veins to this day. That's probably why so many of our symbols, colloquialisms, business names, and brand logos can be traced back to some kind of Greek heritage. They were thinkers, wrestlers, fighters, and observers of all that occurred around them, and they recorded all of those ideas. Thank God for that. I recently stumbled blindly into a pair of phrases used in the Greek vernacular, and I can't seem to shake their harrowing importance. It must be my love of etymology, linguistics, the spoken word, and written thought that all come to bear in a juicy fruit that tastes way too good not to share. Philia Sophia and Philia Nikea. Starting with the common six letters these two threads share, Philia. Greek for the highest form of love, they somehow managed to cram the deepest and most meaningful compilation of human emotion, real and sacred love, to one six-letter zinger. While the word might be a short one, I don't believe the characteristics they intend to communicate should be overlooked. There's something incredibly important embedded into the highest form of love. The Greeks understood something that we are consistently starting to miss in the 21st century. To them, love wasn't just love. The buck didn't stop with that single four-letter blip encompassing everything from sexual desire to self-acceptance to spiritual participation. No, they had specific terms used to dictate the exact form of love they were exchanging, which is critical to our own explanation of our emotional and mental circumstances. It's not a coincidental joke that John 1-1 outsets with, In the beginning there was the word. The word, the sound, the thought behind the voice, that's our power, our, div our own divine miracle to explore enlightenment. The Greeks knew that, those brilliant, brilliant bastards. So they gave that love, the highest order of love, its own label. If that's not celestial, I don't know what is. 
And of course, as they intended to do, they took a few steps further, characterizing their distinctions of love through the embodiment of the beautiful goddess, or rather, pair of goddesses. Sophia, the goddess of wisdom. I can't help but appreciate the tact in personifying such a magnificent idea. It only seems appropriate to do so, using the most complicated mechanism that's ever walked the face of the earth, the human mind, as an adjective for the most difficult task of humanity, to seek and temper wisdom in all things. When boiled down further, the culminating terminology becomes philia sophia or philosophia, and therein lies the origin of the word we know today, philosophy. The highest order of love, or the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. Nikea, the goddess of victory. Born from the union of Styx and Pallas, the former being the goddess of the corrosive river Styx in the underworld, and the latter being a titan god of Warcraft. Interesting that the manifestation of victory should be birthed from the substance of hell and hatred combined with the engagement of battle. In no subtle fashion, the Greeks once again uncover a paramount humanistic truth. Nothing is all good, nothing is all bad. Even the gods of heaven and hell stood together in their generational struggle for dominion of the universe. Today, we mix up our love, labeling it as one emotion with four simple letters. It's sex, it's marriage, it's familial, it's brotherly, it's kind of lost. In all honesty, does our love today even really know what it is? Some lay back, claiming it's the only answer, vibing to the music and mood of the moment. Others act as though the only way to express it is through corporeal intimacy. We've industrialized our love, just like Walmart. A one-size-fits-all, get-get-it-now-while-it's-fresh-and-hot-feeling, stripped down to just four elementary letters. The Greeks would probably cackle at our misuse of language. We use love to label our relationships, forgetting that it, it that its versatility leaks into our behaviors, thoughts, and actions. We've become obsessed with a philia Nikea approach to our conversations, our self-talk, our pursuit of education. We need to be right, whatever the cost. We need to win the fight, leaving the carnage in our wake with our ends justifying our means. So consumed in arrogant victory, a monomaniacal lens through which we see the world. Slipping down the banks of our brains, the hold of Philia Sophia is loosening. She's weeping by the wayside, wondering when the ultimate love will shift back from being right toward the genuine pursuit of wisdom, toward listening, admitting, understanding, compromising, engaging, and enacting in charity. Her tears cutting down her stone-rosy cheeks, she waits inside every soul. She has the potential to grow, battle axe in hand, prepared to fight your inner holy war. So again, that uh, article is titled The War of Victory and Wisdom. Um, it kind of was a idea that I had uh, more more of just me toying with the with the words with these with these Greek words that are old, very old. Um, and I actually got the idea. I was listening to a different podcast. Uh, it was the uh, the JBP podcast, Jordan Peterson podcast. Um, while back, long while back, and he had this episode with um, this guy named John Verveke, and the the title of the episode, if you're ever interested in checking it out, is a conversation so intense it might as well be psychedelic. Um, and it's I haven't even finished listening to the whole episode because it is so intense. I mean, you, you, it's not often that you hear two 
um, scholars really just go at it with each other um, to the point where you almost think that they hate each other or not even hate, but they're just interrupting one another. And it's like almost it, it, at parts it's, it's difficult to listen to because you're trying to follow this thread of thought that they have. And they're on just another, they're, they're in another playing field than we are. You know, they're, they're toying with ideas on a whole different level and they're feeding off of it. And so really it's kind of an interesting, um, an interesting exercise to, to listen to. And like I said, it's so intense. It, it, it really, it really deserves a listen, but I haven't even finished the whole thing yet because of how intense it is. But there's this part where John Verveke is going into the idea of Philia Sophia and Philia Nikea and kind of teasing apart what these are. And it just really sparked this idea in my head that we, we've really kind of as a society, as a whole, and as, as individuals, I feel like we've leaned way more into the philia Nikea. I mean, it, it makes sense to, to some degree, right? That, that philia Nikea is, is where we're kind of, where the, where the hats are, are lying right now, just because, I mean, it's, it's surrounding us, right? We, that's where Nike gets its, its company name, right? It's the just do it and, and the, the strike, right? It's Nike. That's actually exactly where, the the name Nike comes from is this philia Nike, um, this this love of victory, right? And who doesn't love victory? It's good to love victory, but you have to temper that, temper that love of victory with the love of wisdom. Because if you just simply love victory, uh, more often than not, you're willing to um, do anything it takes to get that victory, even if that means um, stomping on the person below you. Or cutting out the person above you, right? And you know, where, where, like I said, where the ends justify the means all the time, even if those, uh, means aren't so good. Um, and so anyway, it was kind of just me teasing apart these, uh, these, these words, this, the etymology of these words that date back so far, you know, back into Greek heritage and, um, and really toying with what they mean by love. I think it's a really big, thing in today's day and age where you see you know all the time that love is love and uh, you know it doesn't it's just but but one thing that you know the greeks have shown us is that love is it is so much more there's so many different versions of it it isn't just one four letter word there's so many different ways it can be applied and when we simply say that it it just is what it is it's just love then we start mixing everything up you know we start thinking that in order for in order to show love to something you have to you have to get physical with it and intimate with it or something which is which is bleeds directly into how over sexualized our our society is today and so um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of meaning in the words that we use and understanding where those words come from and the etymology of those words and and how you know the history behind words the history behind what is driving us and how we are seeing everyday things like Nike put in our face, we're wearing it on our shirts and stuff. And it's not a bad thing to do that, but understanding kind of where that come from comes from and where what what that drive is is uh, it's important, you know, because words have power and they have meaning. And it's good to be aware of that. So, anyway. Once again, you know, that article can be found in my Substack newsletter over at bedletter.substack.com. 
Don't forget that you can pay five bucks a month and subscribe to all past and future articles I write and record over on Substack. Uh, Links can be found in the description of this episode for all that stuff as well. So thank you so much for listening. I really hope you have a fantastic week, and I'll see you next time.